We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs along with us is TJ Inman and we're finally ready to start the season. It is game week. The number 17 Indiana Hoosiers travel to Iowa City to take on the number 18 Iowa Hawkeyes. TJ, it's it's the day that we've been waiting uh, since January 2nd for opening opening weekend of, um, of 2021. How are you feeling? Very excited. Uh, it, you know, it was nice being able to watch uh, a Big Ten game on, on Saturday with fans in the stands. It was a cool environment at, uh, at Illinois for Brett Bielow's first game, but uh, all that that did was kind of whet your appetite for what's coming uh, as Indiana starts their season, it's what's going to be a very uh, hostile environment at Kinnick Stadium. It's sold out. Um, I'm really excited to see how this kind of plays out. We have been anticipating this season for a very long time. And finally, it's time to kick it off and see how things play. It, it totally is. Um, fans can watch it on Big Ten Network at 3.30 Eastern. Um, Big Ten tailgate is also uh, going to be at the game uh, in yeah. Iowa, Iowa City, previewing every all the day's games uh, in the conference as well, which is a, a pretty cool deal uh, to have um, them there. I believe they start that show starts at, at 10 a.m. Eastern. Um, also, uh, TJ, for the fans, IU fans traveling to Iowa City, we will have. Um, Hoosier Huddle is having a tailgate. We're in lot 43. Look for the Hoosier Huddle uh, flag there. Um, before we uh, kick things off again, let's get a word from our friends over at Spotify Greenroom. Spotify Greenroom is a free uh, audio social media uh, based app. Uh, you can download it in the iOS uh, app store. You can interact with sports personalities, experts, and more uh, during, after, um, and before games. We will have our pregame tailgate show on Spotify Greenroom. Uh, the user uh, the user you need to follow is at Hoosier underscore huddle, just like our Twitter, um, our Twitter handle as well. It's a free app. Uh, come join us. Check it out. Uh, we're excited to share that with you. So, TJ, Indiana goes into Iowa. They are, I think, currently three-and-a-half-point underdogs uh, to the Hawkeyes. How, uh, what's your, your big takeaway coming into this game? Uh, I mean, the, the big takeaway, obviously, is going to be the headliner, Michael Penix, uh, back in action, you know, after another season-ending injury. 
he has worked himself so hard to get back into position to be a no doubt, you know, ready for week one. Um, I think all IU fans want the absolute best for him, not just for what it means for Indiana football, if he's right, but also, you know, he's a kid that 100% deserves to have a full healthy season and for his, uh, you know, his campaign to start off, I think that's the, the headliner. But really, um, from a big picture standpoint, it's an opening week game that has large stakes and implications for both programs. Indiana and Iowa both come into the season ranked in the top 20. They both have other games coming up here in the first few weeks of the season that are going to be against top 10 opposition, Indiana playing Cincinnati, Iowa playing Iowa State, that just increases the urgency to win this game because you know what's remaining on the rest of your early schedule. Uh, it, it feels like a really big one to get your season off to the on the right foot. That being said, I do think that it's very important, as confident as IU fans are feeling right now, and I totally understand it, Kinnick Stadium is a very difficult place to play, even when Iowa is not good. And they should be pretty good this year. We'll get into that here in a minute. Kinnick Stadium, a very difficult place to play. And this is the first game back for their fans inside of that stadium. I, I think it's going to be a very intense atmosphere. IU's going to have to play really well to win. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um and Iowa, of course, plays Iowa State next week. Uh, and Iowa State is a top 10 team. It's the Cyhawk Trophy. They didn't get to play last year. Iowa's dominated that series. But Iowa, um, Iowa State's going to come ready to play there. For Indiana, they got to – you know, last year there was a lot of the, the doubters in, in the national media – about Indiana are going to look to, hey, you, yeah, sure, you won at Wisconsin, no fans in the stands. Um, you, you played Ohio State close, there are no fans in the stands. Um, do I think it makes a big difference? Yes. Do I think it makes that big of a difference? I don't know. Um, if That depends, right? That depends on Indiana's response to it. I mean, it yeah. doesn't have to make a big difference. But it certainly could, depending on IU's response to it. I mean, you're, you're right. How big of a difference to be determined, really, because we haven't seen this group of guys under that type of pressure before. Yeah, that's exactly right. Although they've played in front of, you know, 90,000, uh, you know, 100,000 fans, they, they've, they've beaten Nebraska at Nebraska. They've played at Penn State. They've played at Ohio State. Um, and, and things like that. Uh, some of them have, not all of them, not played in all of these things, but you know, a lot of people from that 2019 team are back and it's going to be, if Indiana could start fast and score first. Uh, and I know we talk about this on every game and, and kind of take that crowd out of it. Uh, it'll help. If you give Iowa any momentum in the, in the beginning, uh, let them score, get a big play. That crowd's going to be raucous, um, and it's going to be nuts. And, you know, as much as they've played with, you know, 
70,000, 80,000 fans in the past. It's been a year and it's going to be a tough adjustment and you could crank up the sound machines to practice all you want. It's, it's different. And it, Indiana has a veteran defense, so they should be able to handle it, get calls in, um, adjust to things, communicate on the field. They've been playing together for more or less, you know, parts of four years. Uh, and you have a ver very veteran uh, group. On offense, you worry about how the offensive line is going to communicate with the new center uh, and things like that and um, some new starters along the line. Uh, the receivers and Michael Panics noise shouldn't really affect the the quarterback and receivers timing all that much, um, but it is going to be it's going to be an incredible atmosphere. Uh, it's one that people have waited 18 months for, and and we'll see. So let's dive uh, a little bit deeper into this game, TJ. Um, for Indiana to win. So what we're going to do this year, we're going to give a general key, an offensive key, and a defensive key uh, for keys to the game. Um, overall, what is one thing Indiana has to do to, to beat Iowa on Saturday? Well, the Iowa Hawkeyes offense starts uh, with a really terrific running back in Tyler Goodson uh, and a, the best center in the country, likely Tyler Linderbaum. Uh, the two Tylers, those guys are the anchors of this offense, and Indiana has to do a good job of containing Tyler Goodson. They're not going to totally stop him, uh, but you know he's a really good all-around back. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He blocks pretty well. Very good runner with the ball. Very dangerous. Iowa ran for 4.62 yards per carry last season. Indiana needs to do a good job of keeping that close because they also kept their opponents to 2.84 yards per carry in 2020. So you're looking at, that's what, like a 1.8 yard per carry difference between what they were averaging and what they were giving up. I don't expect Indiana to win the running battle. Uh, if they do, it's very likely they're going to come out ahead uh, in the scoreboard, but I, I think Indiana has to do a good job of keeping Iowa's running game in check, keeping their own running game efficient. You're going to rely more on your passing game as Indiana just because of the personnel that you have, but you've got to keep that battle in the running game fairly close to give yourself a shot. You cannot let Iowa dominate it uh, by getting 4.62 yards a carry or by holding IU under three, that would spell trouble. So kind of keying in on Tyler Goodson uh, and forcing Spencer Petrus to, to beat you, I think it's certainly the game plan that every defense is going to have. How you scheme and go about doing that is what uh, Tom Allen and Charlton Warren have certainly spent the past few months uh, figuring out. But um, we'll see what their plan is for it. Everything starts with Tyler Goodson, though, on that side of the ball. I think for Indiana, um, just slow everything down. Uh, you're going to go into this game, uh, you know, and, and fans are going to play up the Gary Barta revenge. This is the revenge tour for Indiana uh, in, in 2021. That Gary Barta kept them out of, uh, you know, the, the New Year's Six. Um, and the Big Ten kept them out of the Big Ten title game. 
and that's all in great. And, and that motivation, I, I think there, there's something behind it. But in the past, when Indiana has played that card, and we saw it in the bowl game um, most recently, but when Indiana plays that card or, or plays the disrespect card, they tend to fall flat. Um, and, yeah, that emotion could carry you for, you know, the first half of the first quarter or, or you know, so much. And it's more of a thing to get you through fall camp, too. Uh, having a big opener, I think, makes it easier. But Indiana's got to control their emotions, slow the game down. Um, not that, you know, look, come out and throw the ball. I'm not saying, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust. I'm saying just mentally slow things down. You're you're not beating Gary Barta because you beat Iowa in football. Um, you're not changing what happened last year because you beat Iowa this year. It's a new year, new slate. Come in, prove that you're – worthy of your 17th ranking uh, and things like that. Get a big road win um, in it to start the season in the Big Ten and, and start something special. So that's my overall uh, key to the game. Um, offensively, my key to the game, TJ, is you got to keep Michael Penix clean um, and upright. He is the, the key to the offense right now. Uh, do I think Jack Tuttle can, can do a serviceable job behind him? Yes, uh, but they need to keep him from being constantly under pressure so that he could complete easy throws, get into the rhythm of the game, um, and, and really get the, the offense going, it, both running and, and passing the ball. So that's my key for the offense. The offensive line has to keep Michael Penix upright, um, and I'm not just looking at the sacks numbers. I'm looking at hurries, knockdowns, sacks, uh, stuff like that. Anytime that he's getting people pushed into him, especially coming off a knee injury, um, could cause problems for IU. Um, what is your offensive key for Indiana? I mean, your point's an excellent one. Uh, and kind of going along with that, Michael Penix is going to need that protection because – He's going up against the secondary that's really going to test him in this group of wide receivers. Iowa's secondary, just focusing on the last four seasons, no team, no school has intercepted more passes over the last four seasons in total than the Iowa Hawkeyes. It is something that they teach incredibly well, and they figured out a way uh, to consistently intercept the ball. It's not a, a one-season fluke. They've done it for four straight seasons. They return a lot in the secondary. I think that Dane Belton uh, is, is a really good corner. Um, Matt Hankins, Riley Moss, Xavier Williams, they've got a lot of really good corners. They have good safeties. Uh, now, where Iowa can be susceptible is on the defensive line. They lost a lot from a dominant defensive line last season Yep. Zach Van Valkenburg is really the only contributing defensive uh, lineman, and he's an end, that they've got coming back. So the, the opportunity is going to be there for IU's offensive line to help the IU offense control this game. The, the opportunity is there for them, but they have to take it because Iowa's linebackers are, are really good. Their secondary is really good. Their defensive line might end up being really good, but it's a very young group. 
very inexperienced group, uh, and that that is where the Indiana offense can win the day is by dominating on the line of scrimmage. Uh, Indiana has the more experienced group between the two. They're the much bigger group, which is not something you could say at any point uh, in recent memory with IU against Iowa. Uh, But if you look at the size between the two groups, IU's bigger. Uh, Both the defensive line uh, going up against Iowa's offensive line and Indiana's offense going up against Iowa's defense, I used a bigger side, the more experienced side, up front in the trenches. That's, it is time for that position group to take control of a game like this. They need to step up and have a big game. They have to help Michael Penix. And then the receivers, have to. they're going to have to win some 50-50 balls. They're going to have to win some contested balls. You're not going to have a lot of wide-open opportunities against Iowa. So you're going to have to make some contested plays. Uh, and come down with the ball instead of letting the Hawkeyes come out with it. Uh, give Pinnock a chance. Give him uh, some help, and I think he could have a nice day against even a defense as good as Iowa's might be. Uh, yeah. I, the, the basic point is you're 100% right. The offensive line has to step up and have a big day for Indiana. Yeah, and if the offensive line just on the season plays like – Average, this Indiana team will will turn some heads, and you know I wouldn't take ten wins off the table uh, if that happens. Uh, switching to the defensive side of the ball, TJ, um, for Indiana, you bring back a, a veteran defense who's coming off a big season where you led the Big Ten in sacks in kind of a unique unique way. Lots of blitzing, uh, you, yeah. you cause lots of turnovers and takeaways. Uh, that way as well. What's your one key for Indiana's defense uh, to come away with a win uh, in Iowa City on Saturday? Uh, Again, I think it's controlling Tyver Goodson. Outside of that, and this is going to be somewhat cliche, the turnover battle is going to be critical. Both defenses key in on it, make it a big emphasis. Uh, Both defenses, meaning both head coaches, really, because it's their philosophy that's determining you know what you focus on as a program uh, both programs really put an emphasis on creating those takeaways um, and if both programs are putting an emphasis on it it's probably going to be a big part of the contest now I, I will say that one thing that I think is going to be very important to look at IU hit the transfer portal to bring in help on the defensive line and find some guys that they feel can be difference makers in one-on-one situations against offensive linemen. Iowa's weaknesses on the offensive line figure to be on the outside. The interior of that line is very strong. Tyler Linderbaum's the best center in the country, and he's the anchor of it, and the two guards next to him are very helped by having him there. The tackles are very inexperienced. They're young and if Indiana is going to find success against that offensive line, it's going to be against those tackles. So yep. can I use new defensive ends? That would be Jerron uh, Handy, and it would be Ryder Anderson. Weston Kramer is an interior guy, but, you know, again, new defensive lineman. Can those guys, plus the guys that are coming back, 
can they step up and win one-on-one battles without IU having to blitz to get to the quarterback? IU's still going to blitz, but if they can win some one-on-one battles just a few times to make impact plays, uh, that can really flip this contest. Yeah, and I think the blitzing, they're going to do it, especially with inexperience at the tackle position um, and recognizing those blitzes off the edge with, with Mullen and um, some other guys. Yeah. You gotta you gotta put the heat on. Uh, trust your defensive backs to to make the plays in in one in one coverage, which which they they have, uh, and, and things like that. So defensively, my key to the game, um, you kind of took it, TJ, with with defensive line and and getting pressure. Uh, it's going to be uh, tackling and limiting the 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 explosion play. Because I was historically, and I don't think this offense is going to be a an explosive offense. And if you let Iowa make explosive plays, they're going to win the game. Um, yeah, that's that's what modern college football has become. It's who wins the explosive play battle, and especially with fans back in the stands uh, that way. But it makes it just so much easier for the offense when you get chunk plays of you know, 20, 30, 40 yards, uh, instead of making them have to drive 10, 11 plays uh, where they can make mistakes uh, and things like that. So, and it being an opener, you know, tackling is usually takes a few weeks to shore up with with the rules uh, about contact and and camp and practice being a little bit different. Live tackling takes a, a week or two to get basically get the juices flowing and things like that. So, you know, sound tackling, which IU shouldn't have a, a problem with uh, this year. They have so many good tacklers like Micah McFadden, uh, Tywin Mullen, uh, and, and guys like that. But if they could limit the explosive plays by bringing a guy down uh, on the first try, uh, Indiana's defense would be just fine um, like that. So, Let's go to matchup to watch, TJ. What is your one matchup that on Saturday you're watching uh, closely? I still think that it's going to be Indiana's uh, defensive line against Iowa's offensive line. Uh, That's for the running game and for the passing game. However, I'm going to go a little bit off script here. Uh, and focus on a slightly different area just so we can touch on on everything. Uh, I do think that Peyton Hendershot and Matt Bjorson going against the Iowa linebackers is going to be fascinating to watch. Uh, and you could say the same about Iowa's tight ends. That's a position that they use traditionally quite a bit uh, as part of their passing game. Uh, and they, they do have a couple of pretty good tight ends, not – not your TJ Hawkinson's or Noah Fants, but but still um, a couple of decent pieces that, that can hurt you. Um, I think that it's going to be very interesting to see how both teams decide to cover those tight ends. Uh, Sam Laporta is the best Iowa tight end, and he's really kind of a third down merchant for them. Uh, a lot of third and short, 30 medium situations. Sam Laporta is their target, typically. So how IU matches up against Iowa's tight ends and how Iowa matches up against a weapon like Peyton Hendershot, who, by the way, uh, was named one of IU's captains, which 
shows you that uh, his teammates feel, you know, he is back at, at peak Peyton Hendershot uh, and ready to have a great season uh, as a both the, on the field and as a leader. That's a positive, I think, for the Hoosiers. Um, joining Penix and Freifogel as offensive captains. But I think it's really interesting to see how both schools try to match up with the tight end weapons that the other team has. Uh, and again, Iowa's offense gets them into a lot of third and shorts, a lot of third and mediums. Think like third, four, third and five type situations. And usually they are going with either getting the ball to Tyler Goodson or finding a tight end uh, on a, a quick out or, or some type of hook pass uh, from their, their quarterback, Petrus. So it's going to be fascinating to see how the Hoosiers match up with that. We've got the personnel to, to defend tight ends pretty well, and the return of Marcelino Ball could play into that some. Uh, you could see some, uh, some dime coverage that, that matches up maybe a, a safety or a linebacker with uh, with Laporta, a lot of options, but we'll see how new defensive coordinator Charlton Warren and Tom Allen go about attacking that part of the game. Yeah, um, that, that's a good one. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick up in the trenches, TJ. Uh, my matchup is to watch is Indiana's offensive line against Iowa's defensive line. We've harped on it a lot. Um, Indiana's defensive line needs to have a really good day. Uh, all this hype about Stephen Carr, who was just named starting running back, uh, you know, the first string running back uh, today yeah. by Tom Allen. Um, they need to get the running game going. They need to keep Michael Penix upright. And they're going against an Iowa defensive line that um, historically has been very, very good. Uh, but they are replacing a ton of production. That, and as you said, Indiana has the bigger line, more experienced line. This should be a game where Indiana's offensive line uh, gains some confidence uh, if they play well to go into Iowa, play well, and and dominate it. Uh, don't necessarily dominate, dominate, but hold your own um, or be better than uh, an Iowa defensive line. Because if they could do that and control the game offensively, Indiana's going to walk out of Iowa City with a win. So we know what the depth chart says for the offensive line. A lot of talk all off season about what they were going to do with the two tackle positions. We know what the depth chart currently says, which is Luke Haggard backing up Caleb Jones at left tackle, Matt Bedford at right tackle. What is your prediction for IU's first series, the starting five offensive linemen? Uh, James Evans. Um, oh, who's it? Chris Freeman. I I think they're going to find a way to get their best five on the field um, and, and things like that. I haven't gotten to see practice, so I haven't seen if they move guys around. But um, I've asked Allen, and he said they're trying to find their, their best five on the field. So if that means they've got to kick somebody in, uh, that's what they're going to do. But um, the, the best I, – I believe the best five are going to be on the field. That's my uh, coach talk prediction of, of the day, uh, TJ. Excellently done. Yeah, you're you're auditioning for for a, maybe a roll down the line as the Jets head coach, perhaps when it inevitably flames out. 
inevitably. Oh, they tied last week. Uh, let's get to our new segment uh, presented by uh, Points Bet. In this segment, uh, we're going to do our traditional predictions, uh, but we're going to add in some more games. Uh, all of the spreads are brought to you by Points Bet. If you go to Points Bet and put in code HUDDLE, you get um, a match up to, it. I think, $500 match deposit on there. They have all the latest spreads, prop bets, and things like that. They've partnered with us uh, for this season, and later in the year, we'll have guests come on as well. Uh, we'll pick four, four games from the Big Ten, uh, including IU this week, uh, to talk about. TJ, let's start with our Thursday night um, Big Ten opener, not, not Rutgers Temple, but uh, Ohio State at Minnesota. Right now, Ohio State is – uh, is favored by 14 points at minus 110, money line at minus 590. Uh, who are you taking in that game and why? Well, uh, I know Minnesota is going to be rolling out some black jerseys and uh, attempting to, to get whatever mojo they can from that. Uh, until proven otherwise, I will take the Ohio State Buckeyes. It's risky taking a road team favored by more than two touchdowns uh, in an opener when you do not know really what to expect from the quarterback. That being said, the rest of the rosters, Ohio State obviously, you know, overpowers Minnesota. Um, I think that they'll be able to key in on the running game of Minnesota, shut that down. And once you shut down Ibrahim, uh, I think that they will, you know, expose Minnesota for not having playmakers uh, in the wide receiver positions we've seen the past few years that they've had. So given that, I will take Ohio State at minus 14. Um, I do think that the total on that game, which I, I'm looking at at 63, um, that that seems a bit steep. Uh I think you're probably asking Minnesota to get to maybe 20 in that case. And I, I don't see that happening necessarily. So I'd probably play the under uh, as well. The under as well. What was that under at um, for, for that game is uh, 64 and a half. I'll take it. All right, then that's even better. All so, right, yeah, on. minus 14 and under 64 and a half. All right, and moving on to our Friday night Big Ten game, uh, TJ, Michigan State at Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern is favored uh, at minus three, uh, minus 115 on the that spread and minus 160 on the money line. The over-under is a uh, the Big Ten special of 45. Um, yep. What do you see coming here? Michigan State's coming in. They have 30-plus transfers. It's tough to tell what they are. Northwestern's coming in off of a Big Ten West title. However, Michigan State did beat Northwestern at home last year. Yes. Uh, so one of my kind of principal tenets, I don't bet against Pat Fitzgerald. Um, it's It's never a pleasant experience when you do so. So – I would take Northwestern minus three. Uh, I would 
probably lean towards the under of 45, just because I've watched Northwestern and Michigan State both play recently. Uh, I know not these versions, but I can't imagine it looking all that much prettier than it has recently. Uh, credit to them. They, you know, Northwestern does what they need to do to win games, but man, it, it's tough to take it over in a Northwestern Michigan State game. So I'd lean toward the 40, oh, under 45, and I would take Northwestern uh, at minus three at home uh, on the uh, opening Friday night. Yeah, and that's a 9 p.m. kickoff. Uh, so while you're getting ready for IU and Iowa, that's a nice game to, to watch in the old hotel room um, in Iowa City. Anyway, uh, moving on, another big yeah. Big Ten uh, conference matchup on Saturday at noon, kicking off on Fox. Uh, Penn State takes on Wisconsin at Camp Randall. Wisconsin's a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, at minus 110 and minus 226 on the money line. The uh, over-under is set at an even 50. Um, uh, this this game has a lot of implications on the races in the East and the West. TJ, how, do you, uh, how would you put your money on this one? So another new offensive coordinator for Sean Clifford, who I'm not, you know, overly impressed with. I think he's fine. I don't think he's a difference maker. Wisconsin's going to have a nasty defense. Jim Leonard is a really good defensive coordinator. He's had all offseason to prepare for Sean Clifford. Give me Wisconsin uh, at minus five and a half. That's a bit high to feel comfortable taking it. Uh, I'd much prefer it down near the three, but, you know, they make the lines and they're understanding what it is that you're looking at. So I, I, Wisconsin at minus five and a half for me, based strictly on my lack of confidence in Sean Clifford, another new offensive coordinator for them. Um, I do think Penn State's going to be an improved team this season. I don't think they're improved enough to go and beat Wisconsin in Madison, who I think has a very nice bounce back year coming up. They won my pick for West champion. So I guess I'll ride with that until proven otherwise. All right. Now the game everybody has been waiting for. Uh, Louisiana Tech, Mississippi State. Ah, just kidding. Um, Indiana and Iowa. Indiana is a three and a half point underdog at minus one ten uh, on the spread. They are plus one fifty on the money line. The over under in this game is forty five and a half. Um, TJ, I I would take Indiana in the points. If you're real confident, I'd take Indiana money line. I would go over on the 45 and a half. Uh, the weather is supposed to be decent in Iowa City. Uh, Indiana's offense it has looked pretty good all spring. Uh, Iowa's offense was very good at the end of last year. So I think, and and usually in openers, tackling is uh, is lackluster. I would take the over on the 45 and a half and Indiana. Um, and we'll get to that official prediction uh, with the score uh, here in a little bit. TJ, what is your uh, your call for this game? I, I agree with you. I think the, the the best play here is the over 45 and a half, which is not an indictment of the defenses. I just I think that there's enough firepower on both sides uh, to to get over here. Again, the weather not supposed to be a factor, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, I, I think Michael Penix and 
Petrus with Tyler Goodson as, as his tailback. I think that's enough firepower to get you over 45 and a half um, in this contest. If I'm, it's such a tough one because I, I have such confidence in this Indiana team and in this IU program, but man, I know how tough it is to go and win at Kinnick Stadium, particularly in this situation where it is the, the season opener after a year away from the stadium, it's going to be a raucous atmosphere. Um, I, I would have a difficult time picking either side, to be honest, because I think that they are uh, very even on paper heading into it. Um, push comes to shove, though. I'm just not betting against Tom Allen and this group of Hoosiers until, uh, again, until they show me reasons to start doubting. I, I'm not going to do it. I would take Indiana. Uh, I like them to win this contest, twenty-eight to twenty-four. Closer than I have it. I have. Um, I like Indiana in this contest. I think their offense, uh, if they could get it going, is the difference maker uh, against Iowa. And I think this offense should be ready to go. Um, with with Michael Penix, Ty Freifogel, I think they have an axe to grind as well. Um, you know, they came out that bowl games will have such a sour taste in people's mouths, especially offensively against the SEC team who just really wasn't that great on defense. Um, you also have the Gary Barda angle as well. Uh, I'm going to take Indiana 31, Iowa 20. Uh, and I, I think that Indiana just – They'll get the run game going. They'll control it. They'll score with some explosive plays early, get that run game going, and get out of Iowa, Iowa City uh, with the win. Um, so that, that does it for our predictions in, on our, uh, in our wagering segment. Uh, all the spreads and, and over-unders were provided by PointsBet at pointsbet.com. Use the promo code uh, HUDDLE when you sign up and you get a deposit bonus of up to $500. So uh, a match, that is. Um, so one, one quick betting and IU-related thing. Fresno State with Kevin DeBoer, former IU offensive coordinator that I, I know Hoosier fans, uh, you know, kind of peripherally following the Bulldogs. Fresno State, very impressive in week zero, albeit against UConn, but – you know, you play who's on the field. They're playing Oregon plus 20 and a half. That's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, again, Fresno State looks great in week zero and a, a big chance for Kim and DeBoer's Bulldogs. Um, thought I'd throw that in there as we continue to kind of monitor him and Kane Womack, former coordinators getting shot as head coaches. So we wish them the best of luck. Yeah, we do wish them the best of luck. Uh, two really, really good guys, uh, smart guys as well. Uh, over there. And TJ, that does it for our first week game preview. Thanks for hosting with me. Uh, let's sit back and enjoy again. The game is at 3.30 on Big Ten Network. Uh, you can follow us on HoosierHuddle.com on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. We'll be on Spotify Green Room as well at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Our time will be announced. It's going to depend on uh, how much uh, how much Wi-Fi is over at the stadium in uh, at Kinnick Stadium? So thank you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, keep up with all our game week 
game week previews and content over at hoosierhuddle.com. Have a great night. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today.